You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Have an alum here from NLC Boston. Ruben Alonzo is here. He's got an interesting thing he's working on. He's going to tell us all about it. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Zag. All right, Ruben, the interesting thing you're working on, what exactly is it? What are you opening this fall? Uh, this fall, I am launching Excelencia Charter Academy. It's a new charter school authorized by Los Angeles Unified School District that is going to be opening with grades TK through one. Uh, and over the course of the next eight years, it will grow to a TK through eight charter school. And so opening a school, I imagine that's not the easiest thing you've ever done in your life. What was the original genesis of the idea to even try it? Uh, yeah, g- great question. Uh, so I would say that it is the second hardest thing I've done in my life. Uh, the first hardest thing was working in the fields uh, at the age of six, uh, seven years old. <laughs> um, and, and there's a lot of uh, uh, overlap between, uh, you know, what I experienced working in the fields and, and uh, living in um, an area that was really dearth of high quality educational options um, and the vision, the mission and vision behind Excellencia. Um, so the reason why, you know, we started this work is because, you know, if you look at Los Angeles uh, uh, as a whole, especially the uh, education results, you know, only 5% of English learners on the east side are proficient in English. And, and that's horrendous. Uh, and so we wanted to create a program that is going to address the needs of English learners, um, but all students for that matter. And so we've created an incredible program that is going to place students on a pathway to college. And then when you're weighing ways that you wanted to tackle this problem, what ultimately tipped the scales in favor of opening a school versus, say, um, being a teacher, being uh, assistant principal, then being a principal at a school that was already open? Yeah, I think uh, if if I look back at it, um, you know, I, I there was there was a point in time where I, I went to uh, Boston. So when I matriculated to college, I was 18 years old. Uh, and I remember volunteering for the first time uh, at a local school. I didn't really know the difference between traditional uh, public and charter. Uh, I was from an area where, you know, you only have one elementary, one middle, one high school. That's it. Uh, rural, rural city in Texas. Um, but when I learned about charters for the first time at the age of 18, um, I was I was amazed by the autonomy and flexibility that come with uh, running the school. Um, and, and that's the reason why I decided to go down the charter route because of the avoidance of all the red tape that may come with, uh, you know, working in a traditional public school district. We can make decisions right now, today, um, whatever is best for our students, let's go ahead and do it. And so as the director, as the head of school, we can make those, we can make those decisions now versus having to wait weeks or even months. And so I think what's unique too about the approach you're taking to opening is that you do or you did have a, a fairly fairly long runway. Of course, you'd love to have more time, but you had essentially a whole year of fellowship preparing to do this thing that is opening a school that will happen in the, the, the late summer, early fall. So in that year fellowship program, what, what do you do? How do you even tackle something as, as kind of big and amorphous as, as starting a school from scratch? Yeah, great question. So we, uh, you're, you're right. I did the Building Excellence Schools Fellowship, which was based out of Boston. And during that time, over the course of the year, we visited 30 of uh, some of the highest performing schools and networks in the entire country. Uh, visited everywhere from, you know, Memphis to uh, Phoenix to LA um, to, to Boston. And uh, the very first thing that you do is on a clear sheet of paper, write the mission of the school. Um, and, and that's where you start. You are literally building a school from the ground up with a mission on 
a piece of paper, uh, you know, 25 words. And then from there, over the course of the next few months, you begin building out your your vision for the educational program in addition to the actual school calendar, um, the hiring process, what does the interview look like for teachers, um, all the way down to what is your canvassing recruitment plan to get students and staff. And so I think one of the interesting parts, too, of, of opening a school, and I've been fortunate when I was working at Kip for six and a half years of being involved in a lot of school openings, is you really do, as the founding school leader, have a deep connection to the founding families who are going to be in your first class. So when you are out on the streets of Boyle Heights, East LA, looking for families, telling about the school, how do you persuade them? How do you convince them? How do you show them that this is an opportunity that they should take when there isn't a school building, uh, there isn't a track record of results because it's new, and so many of the things that you would love to have at your disposal you don't when you're making a compelling argument? How do you even a- approach a conversation like that? Yeah, um, well, I would say our approach first is um, listening. So before going in with a sales pitch, before going in with saying, uh, you know, this is why our school is going to be, you know, quote unquote, uh, better or the best. Uh, and, and and keep us in mind, because in a few years, we will be one of the highest performing elementary schools in the city. Um, but we we always love to begin with a listening year. What is it that you're looking for at a school? What is it in the case, you know, let's say a student's matriculate, matriculating from K to one and making the switch to our campus? Um, what aren't you receiving at your school that you, you know, would like to receive for your students? And, um, you know, all, almost more often than not, parents are looking for one, a safe environment, um, a, a, a learning culture that is going to truly personalize the education of students. Um, But more importantly, they're looking for a a dedicated, devoted staff um, that is going to make the family and the student feel like they are at a, you know, second home away from home. And then when you talk about that staff that you want to build, I know you're in the hiring process now, as you've looked at a ton of resumes, have you had phone interviews, and then as you've seen people in in person and maybe even doing some sample teaching, uh, so you can see them in in action, what are the the one or two priorities or the skills that you look for the most in terms of who's going to be on your founding staff? Yeah, uh, it's absolutely uh, somebody who's aligned to our mission and our vision. And you can only test so much of that over a Q&A or a sit down. Uh, so what I've actually built into the process early on, uh, when we were having different events with, with families and, and during our recruitment efforts, I would actually have teachers come out and help us recruit, help us canvas, uh, join our, our lottery events, for example. Um, so that way I could see them in action, connecting with families and, 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 with, uh, and with our students. So, you know, beyond you telling me right now in this chair across from me that you believe all students can go to college, I want to actually see you interact with our families and see how you communicate that mission and that vision when you're having a conversation with the students that you're going to serve in a few short uh, months. When we come back, we'll ask some more questions about Ruben School, Excelencia. Thanks for listening to Zag. We'll be right back. So, Ruben, I know your school, uh, as great as it will be, will not exist in a vacuum, and it, it can be sometimes hard to avoid the, the larger education discussions in Los Angeles, the larger political discussions. How do you try to navigate that reality of trying to open a school when there's so much focus on uh, traditionals, charters, and so many issues that oftentimes progressive are, are spend a lot of time complaining about and are arguing about as well. Yeah, I, I constantly ground myself in, in, in the work that we're doing and why we're doing it. So um, the easiest thing to do is just 
constantly uh, have touch points with our families and, and uh, again, ground ourselves in the why. Uh, so, you know, I'll give you an example. I had uh, a follow up conversation with one of our families who recently enrolled. And I don't think I had ever understood uh, how, how she came across us. You know, I think she had said social media in the beginning. But the more I began to, to dive into that conversation with her, um, you know, I, I had to kind of hold some, some tears back because she had told me that, you know, if, if it wasn't for this opportunity, I don't know where I would send my child. Um, I, I believe in your teachers. I believe in you as a leader. I believe in the vision. And I know that my child is going to be better off for it. Um, and if I didn't know or hear about Excellencia, I don't know where I would be sending my child to this coming fall. Yeah. Let me ask you some thoughts about Los Angeles since you've been here now a fair amount of time, but you haven't spent the last... 15, 20 years here, like I have, because I'm old. What are your perceptions of the city when you got here? And then how have they changed over time, especially as you've been out on so many of these streets talking to so many different people? Um, you know, I, it, it really hasn't uh, changed any any different from when I first got here. Um, so, you know, especially when I'm working in Boyle Heights uh, and East LA, which is the majority of where our canvassing has taken place, um, you know, Parents that we're talking to, families that we're talking to, want no want nothing different than the families that I was working with on you know the border of Texas uh, um, in in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, parents are looking for a high quality option. Parents are, in the case of parents who are uh, transitioning schools, um, frustrated with their current options. And you know, in terms of what I what I've seen here in in the landscape in Los Angeles. Um, you know what's different from from the Rio Grande Valley is there's there's an opportunity for 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 charter growth and expansion here. Um, and what I what what I decided to do when when coming out here to Los Angeles was take full advantage of the opportunity to build an excellent program that is going to place students on a pathway to college because parents have been desperately seeking these opportunities. But uh, unfortunately, you know, when you look at the results of schools in the surrounding areas, according to greatschools.org, um, there isn't a single one that's performing over a five out of 10. And, and those results are disturbing. And, and, you know, when we are canvassing with families, we present that, uh, that, that data uh, to them. And a lot of them are, are unaware that schools have been performing for the longest time under, you know, a five out of 10 scale. And then when you think about ways to present that kind of data or just to have accountability with schools in general in Los Angeles, what to you is the ideal way to have that information available to everyone? Uh, well, I think putting it on a um, open platform like, uh, you know, this 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 free uh, site is, is absolutely um, in the right direction. I mean, we, if we look at how many people are, are mobile users now versus, you know, working behind a desktop, um, it lends itself to have those conversations. So I always have the 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 website ready to go on my phone so when i'm having conversations with families that's not what i lead with but if we if the conversation lends itself for them to listen and and learn a little bit more about how schools are performing in the area i always have it ready to go to have a conversation with families and they appreciate that you know this isn't data that i'm making up uh this is data that is based on you know historic results for the last few years yeah uh, give us one last plug then. How, if people want to support your school starting and be involved in that process, what's the way to do that? Or if you want to spread the word so that uh, more families can hear about the opportunity, what's the best way to uh, find The best you? way to find us is either on Facebook or on our website, excellenciachartericademy.org. Um, and through our website, you can either uh, volunteer for some canvassing opportunities if you like, connect with me directly. Uh, you can you can donate, which would uh, do anything from provider for uniform to a child to a free set of uh, books for any classroom. Um, and then in addition to that, you can just learn more about our program. 
Sounds good. Well, listen, I hope our opening goes well. We'll touch base probably before you open. Maybe we'll have you back on. You can give us the scoop. You can tell us what your first day of school outfit will be. And for all those who are listening to The Zag, thanks for doing so. You can find all past episodes in the iTunes Store, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We are everywhere. More episodes coming later this week, potentially, but definitely next week as well. So stay tuned. We'll catch you when we catch you. 